This is an ABC podcast. Who wants to exercise when your muscles are aching, you're short of breath and so tired? That's what people who've had COVID-19 are reporting months down the track. And it's making it hard to get back a level of physical strength and function that would let them get on with their lives again. I think at the time when I got it, I, I anticipated because I am healthy and 31, I would probably bounce back pretty quickly, maybe after a couple of weeks. But now it's been six months and I'm still still struggling along. It is tricky. It's it's disappointing, especially when you can feel yourself getting more tired, losing your muscles, putting on a bit of weight. And later, here on Sporty, the known unknowns around those who've had COVID and the health professionals trying to help them get back some fitness. Hello, I'm Amanda Smith. And leaving aside for now being sick... When you're well, do you tend to underestimate what you're capable of physically? Sometimes it's good to put yourself out there a bit, try something you think might be beyond you. With good instruction and a responsible approach to safety, you can surprise yourself. That's what I discovered on my quest to find different ways to exercise that are enjoyable and interesting. You are here for first timers! Over to Heather. She's waving on that block over there with that jacket. So I'm about to have a go at something that I think is probably much more appealing and suitable for teenage boys than for ladies like me. But you never know, I'll try anything once. If you don't know where to go, come to me and we'll tell you what class you're in. Hi. How old are you? It's parkour and Amy Hahn is my instructor. Amy, how do you explain what parkour is. It seems to me it's about getting from A to B in the most physically difficult, challenging way possible, jumping and climbing over obstacles and walls and stairs and so forth. How do you describe it? Well, the way that you describe it is actually very interesting because that's the way most people would describe it. They assume it's mostly for teenage boys and that it's all about very difficult moves and very dangerous moves, but that's actually not what parkour is at all. It's very much for everybody. It's just about getting from A to B in the most efficient and safe way possible. All right, so we're sitting on some steps here. If I wanted to go down to the road down there, what would you regard as the most efficient parkour type way possible to get there. Okay so from where we're sitting uh, we can look across at the road and there's a lot of pathways but there's also a lot of blocks and stairs in our ways and trees. Um, The most efficient way would not be to go around all those blocks but to actually go over them and through them. Right so we're climbing the blocks and jumping over them and stuff yeah. Yes exactly. Um, I personally have never been that sporty or that daring when it comes to physical activities but I really love it because parkour is really playful it's very mentally challenging it's just about finding your own way so every time we go out to train we at least look at something that is very challenging or a bit scary for you even if you don't actually do a jump it's really good uh, practice just to analyze that fear and think about what's making you afraid of something is it because this obstacle is actually too big for me it's too hard for me at the moment and my fear is keeping me safe or is it because I'm holding myself back from something that I'm actually able to do 
Okay, so so then what do you reckon the benefits are of, of doing this, of parkour? Obviously, growing fitness and strength and coordination, it also helps your confidence a lot because not only do you find yourself more physically capable than you ever thought you were before, more able to tackle challenges in your physical environment, but you'll also tend to find that the way that you think starts to change in other areas of your life as well. So an obstacle can be a big wall. It can also be something in a relationship. It could be something in your job. And you find that this kind of fear and nervousness that you feel towards all of these obstacles is actually quite similar. And every time you go out to train parkour, you train yourself in how to deal with obstacles and challenges. So this is going to improve my entire life. I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> and Amy, in, in general life, when you're out and about, say you're shopping or just going somewhere or whatever, do you do parkour? <laughs> um, it's interesting because once you start training, it actually changes the way that you look at spaces everywhere. And I find myself walking down the street and I'll just touch a wall or look at a fence and just see different things, look at a tree and think, oh, could, do, could, I, could I climb up there? Would that wall be grippy? Is that something that I could do? And even if you don't actually do it, it's just interesting to see that the footpath in front of you is not the only way. Uh, my name's Russell Reader. I've been doing parkour for about six years now. So what's, what's the appeal? What's kept you coming over these years? Mainly the appeal is, unlike other sports, there's no competition, there's no frustration about losing because you're only competing against yourself and trying to be the best you possibly can be. How old are you, Russell? I am 19. Have you ever hurt yourself or scared yourself doing parkour? Scared myself uh, all the time, but you just get over it. Hurt myself, not really actually. Injuries are actually quite rare unless you're doing something that you're just not comfortable with. After a while, you learn what looks cool and what you can actually do. And is there always a difference? No, that's the, the beautiful thing. Sometimes there's a middle ground where you can look cool and actually do it. And those are the tricks that you show off to your friends when they eventually come around and look. <laughs> okay, so Amy, you're going to show me the, some of the basics for parkour. First up. So the first thing we'll do is we'll run through how to run. <laughs> Something to keep in mind is we always run on the forefoot. We try and keep our sound very soft, if not silent. The more sounds that you're making, the more you're slamming your feet into the ground and putting pressure on your joints. Um, we try to keep it soft and absorb that impact through the muscles. Okay, so just a bit of running on the spot. Okay. So you can be even more quiet than that. Right, no sound at all. <laughs> no one will know I'm coming. Exactly. Just like a ninja. The next thing we'll do as a warm-up is uh, we'll do some quadrupedal movement. There's lots of different ways to move around on all fours. It's great for using your full body for range of motion and coordination and strength. And, um, yeah, it's also good for moving through small spaces, balancing on a rail, lots of different ways. Okay, good. Okay, on all fours. Try and use opposite hand, opposite foot. So the way I like to explain it is to imagine you're climbing a ladder. If you're climbing a ladder, you're not going to lift your right hand and your right foot at the same time. So, and also similar to the way that you walk, you're not going to swing your right arm when you step forward with your right leg. So it's always opposite hand, opposite foot. Yep, yep, gotcha. Okay, yep. 
great. And here we go, sort of, um, yep. <laughs> I feel like a kid doing this. <laughs> it can be a little, a little awkward when you get started because you're, you're not used to doing it. Um, but the more that you do it, the more natural it feels. And if you look at the way a cat walks, it also, it all makes sense. You, you stay nice and balanced. Okay, so I'm moving like a cat. After this bit of private tuition from Amy Hahn, it's time to join the parkour first-timers class. Hi. Hey, I'm Smo. Oh, I'm Amanda. What's your name? Like Snow is my real name. Smo is my nickname. Right. And you're Heather. <laughs> yes, I'm Heather. Right. So welcome to your first class. What we're going to do today is quite a lot of talking and a bit of moving. But I'm Hazel, and I've been doing parkour for about three to four weeks now. Oh, so this is really quite new. It's pretty new, yeah. yeah. And what prompted you to start? I'd always wanted to do it. You've got to see the opening um, scenes of Casino Royale, one of those James Bond movies. The first Daniel Craig, James Bond film on the building site. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that just looks so dynamic and so exciting. And to be able to do something approaching that would be brilliant. And I've got limited time left. Uh, given my age to actually do this sort of stuff. So, so how old are you, Hazel? It's a rude question, but yes. I'll take it. 55. And I haven't been fit. I've never really been into exercise. So this is a bit of a change. So how are you finding it then? Because, you know, I, I've been talking to others about what's involved. I've been having a go myself. Uh, my uh, impression of it coming into it was that it was for fit teenage boys really <laughs> you get that impression don't you <laughs> there's a lot of them <laughs> and I feel pretty rubbish next to them but you know they all say they're, they're so encouraging they all say well you've got to start somewhere so what, what are you hoping to do with this I'm hoping to be able to do some little jumps off things to be able to climb up something get over it without hurting myself <laughs> And I, I still want to push you on why, in terms of all the other things you could do for a bit of fitness and fun, why this? Well, it's way more exciting, isn't it? Um, I've never been one who's really enjoyed just going to the gym for going to the gym's sake. Uh, I've never seen the point I'm into function over form. So uh, the idea of parkour where you uh, working through your physical and mental limitations in order to get over obstacles and... I'm a project manager by profession. That means you get over obstacles, around obstacles. You're always dealing with constraints, risks, issues, all of that sort of stuff. It's the story of my life, basically. So this is the physical aspect of it. Okay, so parkour is a French method of training to overcome obstacles in any environment. So we use just our bodies to run, jump, climb, vault, and various other movements as if we were trying to get away from danger or trying to get to someone who needs help. So we're training for emergency situations effectively. So when people talk about the fight or flight response to a dangerous situation, we're dealing with the flight. Yeah, pretty much between all the movements that we'll be doing, we're going to be running. Heather or Amy will hang out with your bags and um, I'll just take you for a quick run around here. With um, all of our running and our landings, an indicator of your technique is noise, okay? So 
high impact things tend to create a lot of noise and that's true with our feet and our bodies. So your aim is to be as silent as possible, right? If I hear a herd of elephants behind me, I know there's heel striking. So remember your forefoot striking. Everyone got that? Sweet as, follow me. So Amy, is there a kind of philosophy to parkour? Yeah, there is actually. Um, so one of the main uh, philosophies behind parkour is be strong to be useful. Ah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So we're training to be strong to help others, to be our best self. So there's that one. And the another one is to be and to last. So we're not just training to be the best and do lots of cool stuff in our 20s and do really big things so that we have to retire when we're in our 30s and 40s. We're actually training to be able to train for our whole lives. So what is it to be to last? To be and to last. To be and to last. Great. Okay, good. And the, um, the final main one is leave no trace. So we're actually very much about looking after the environment that we train in. We want that environment to last so that we can keep going there. So if we leave marks on the wall, we'll try and wipe those off before we go. We're trying to we pick up rubbish from spaces so that and take glass away, broken glass. If we're training around the city, that can sometimes be a problem that we have. So we try and keep our spaces clean and safe and always check our environment. So we want to avoid coming through the air like Superman when we do these jumps and having our arms drop down and throw us off balance. So have a look at what my arms do. On the takeoff, my arms are going to go... While the beginners are learning how to jump and land, I've found someone from one of the more advanced groups to have a chat with. Pete's my name and I've been doing parkour for approximately 10 years coming up. How old are you, Pete? I'm old. I'm 58. What do you get out of it? Oh, everything. Every day you learn something and push a boundary that you thought you wouldn't be able to push before. And every time I come back from a parkour lesson, I say, shivers. I didn't think I could do that, and I did it. So. Such as what? What did you not think you could do that you could do? Oh, there's all sorts of things. Yeah, jumps, rolls, uh, jumping across big gaps. I've got a fear of heights, believe it or not, and it's great for that because you know, we go over, up on top of some high buildings and things like that. And It's just controlling your mind and being in the moment. So now, before you started doing parkour, were you doing other physical activities? You look like a pretty fit guy. Not really. I was just a bit of weightlifting and tennis. They were the only two things I really did. But basically, I was just sitting on a computer, rotting away, because I do a lot of IT work. And if it wasn't for this, I'm telling you, I would be a real 58-year-old person. I'd be just, um, you know, pretty tired and just the normal thing. <laughs> recommend it to anybody to anybody anybody of even any me age yes even you <laughs> anybody so back to the parkour first timers class dude that was beautiful he's not talking about me didn't quite have the balance but you know you're just figuring it out yeah but that was exactly what i wanted <laughs> almost okay three arms back parkour, not just for teenage boys. An interesting philosophy that parkour has too. Be strong to be useful, to be and to last. In other words, do it in a way that you can keep doing it throughout your life and leave no trace. Another way you can be active that doesn't involve boring and repetitious exercise. You're listening to Sporty with Amanda Smith. 
been sick, the thing you most want is to feel normal again, to be able to do all the things you used to do. One of the emerging problems for people who've had COVID-19 is just how long and uncertain their recovery is turning out to be. Well, leaving aside presidents who claim a speedy recovery. So when you're still feeling breathless and exhausted, how can you start to even think about rebuilding your fitness and your muscle strength again? Georgia Mooney is 31 years old and she was diagnosed with COVID in March. Georgia, before you got sick, what sort of exercise were you doing regularly? Hi, Amanda. Well, you know, I like to prioritise my health and fitness, so I was pretty fit. I'd say I was doing regular Pilates and swimming and walking every day. By no means an athlete, but pretty fit and healthy, yeah. How many laps were you you swimming? (laughs) Max 25. (laughs) <laughs> in a session. Yeah, wow. <laughs> well, how how bad a case of COVID did you have? I'm sort of considered to have had an ostensibly mild case, but on the severe end of that. So I did have to go to hospital, but I didn't go on a ventilator. But now it's been six months and I'm still still struggling along. And the whole thing took a really big toll on my health, much more than I expected. Well, tell me how it has affected your health these six months. Yeah, well, the first couple of months, sort of the full gamut of symptoms, the fever, the sweats, loss of taste and smell, shortness of breath, chest pain, really fatigued, crazy headaches, sore throat, all of that. Over the following months, it's sort of waxed and waned constantly and some symptoms would go away and I'd feel pretty good for a couple of days and then a new symptom would come out of nowhere which really threw me and that up and down and fluctuation was also having a toll on my mental health as well of course. Mm. Um, Now I've still got chest pain and I still am tired every day and can't exercise like I used to and um my lung sick <laughs> get breathless talking as well but my lung function is not crash hot as well so I'm sort of hyperventilating a little bit at all times to get enough oxygen in and that tires you out as well and that creates a shortness of breath of course so how long before you could do any kind of exercise at all Mm. I mean, the, the first yeah seven weeks inside, I wasn't doing anything. I was walking from the bed to the couch. Once I was released into the wild, I would kind of go on gentle walk every now and then. But um, really, it's only been in the last month that I'm kind of reintroducing structured exercise and trying to get back the fitness that I've lost because that's been a big thing. Of course, being inactive for you know four or five, six months you lose a lot of your conditioning and you you lose your fitness. So it's a build to get back up to where I was. Another another thing that I, I wouldn't have anticipated. So what are you what are you doing now exercise wise? So I am trying to do a walk every day for about twenty minutes, half an hour. I'm also, you know, every second day or so trying to do um, something that's a bit more vigorous so a bit of a home workout or I've started doing hydrotherapy with all the grannies at the local pool which I love. <laughs> aquarobics. Yeah so good aquarobics and um, the occasional Pilates class and that kind of thing but it's still a tricky balance working out what my body 
can handle. For example, in the last week, the shortness of breath has kind of got worse again. And I think that's because the previous week I got a bit overeager and was trying to do too much. So it's trying to work out how to push myself a little bit to build up that strength again, but also not exhaust myself and then be, you know, in bed for a week again. How how difficult is it for you as someone for whom being fit and active was clearly important to moderate your expectations in this stage of your post-COVID life? Yeah, I think this whole experience has been an exercise in sort of moderating expectations. I mean, from the start, not really knowing what the virus would feel like, thinking I'd be better in a couple of weeks to then realising, oh, no, I'm, I'm sicker than I thought I was. Maybe it'll be a month. And then, you know, learning more about how the virus affects young people and how there are some longer-term effects and then thinking, okay, it's four months now, I'm still feeling symptoms. I assumed I'd be better. So readjusting that expectation again. And so it, there's been a lot of, I mean, Overall, I'm just really grateful to be alive. That's the main thing. But I've kind of in my head now, because of how slow this recovery has been so far, I've dedicated a year or at least the rest of this year to really focusing on my recovery above anything else. So, yeah, it's disappointing, especially when you can feel yourself getting more tired, losing your muscles, putting on a bit of weight. No one likes that. (laughs) So... That's tricky, but um, I also feel very lucky to be getting a lot of care through lots of medical people, so I feel lucky to be well looked after. How close are you now, would you say, to getting back to your life pre-COVID? Yeah, so at this, you know, I'm in the middle of not a great week in terms of fitness. I mean, not being, some days not being, having enough energy to feel like I can really walk to the shops or walk to the train and back is pretty frustrating and pretty disappointing. Um, So because it is still up and down, it's really hard to tell. But in terms of, you know, all the other symptoms are much better. The general trajectory I'm on is of slow improvement. So I'm hopeful that I'll get back to my former self, but that's still not uh, totally a guarantee. We'll see what happens. The health professionals who are helping COVID-19 patients with their fitness and function are the physiotherapists. Meredith King is a physio who's working both in ICU and in rehabilitation. Meredith, how much of your muscle mass are you likely to lose with COVID, especially if you have needed to be in ICU? Muscle loss can be quite rapid. So even within, say, 48 hours of being unwell and in bed, people's muscles start to deteriorate, both in muscle size and then also in their muscle endurance capacity. So the muscle composition can change, which means that when people are then trying to get their recovery back, they fatigue fast, so they might become more breathless. And you can also have that muscle shortening, particularly in things like your calf muscles, which will then make it harder for you to walk and do your normal things afterwards as well. So then what is it you're doing with people in recovery? What's the sort of rehab you can do? Yeah, so after people get out of intensive care, they will move over to the normal hospital ward. At that stage, the physiotherapist will be progressively getting them more independent with their walking, also starting to do some basic strengthening exercises with them, building up their thigh muscle strength, calves, shoulder muscles. 
teaching them strategies to reduce their breathlessness if they're still getting quite breathless. How do you, how do you help people with their breathing? So for a lot of people early on, they're getting very, very breathless on minimal activity. So even going from lying to sitting on the side of the bed can make people very breathless. And to help improve that, we teach them positions to help them recover, which might be leaning forward on their on their knees, similar to what you see athletes do when they've just run a 100-metre sprint, they lean on their knees at the end. So it's teaching people those techniques, which helps you improve your breathing faster so you catch your breath quicker, so you're less tired, and also reduces the potential panic that people may get when they're breathless as well. Also teaching them things to help them slow their breathing down. So it might be things like breathing out and pursing their lips like they're blowing out a candle to help them slow down. So a few different techniques like that that we'd use with people. Meredith, do people who were fitter before they got COVID recover faster? You know, early on, we certainly thought that the bulk of our work as physiotherapists was going to be in this group of people who were in intensive care and really, really unwell, um, which was initially looking to be more people who were older and maybe had some other health conditions to begin with. But what we're certainly seeing more of, and there's a lot more evidence coming out of the countries that have been more affected by COVID, like in Europe, that, you know, there's a large proportion of the people who were younger, quite fit, didn't have any health problems, and even who weren't that sick originally with COVID, that three months or more down the track are still very fatigued, very breathless, having issues with memory, so really struggling to get back get back to work, get back to their normal activities. And it doesn't seem to really correlate all that well with how well you were beforehand. So certainly some people who, you know, were very, very high functioning before that are really, really debilitated after a few months. How are you helping uh, post-COVID patients who are still experiencing the sorts of fatigue and breathlessness we've talked about with actually wanting to exercise, you know, with the motivation to do it when they're feeling so awful? Absolutely. It's very, very scary and disheartening. So we really talk about what can be manageable to start with. So encouraging people to start off about three days a week. Often we would give people a chart that is, you know, not is you're not breathless and you're not tired and 10 is you're absolutely exhausted. And we ask people how they feel their rating. So when they're exercising, they should be aiming for a two to three out of 10 based on how they're feeling. And then they can use that from day to day as well, because they will have days where they're more tired. So they should be not pushing themselves quite so hard. And other days they're feeling well, and they might be able to do more before they get their symptoms. But people need to be able to do some of this exercise themselves. So it's really about teaching the person how to understand their own body and their own symptoms and what's okay for them at any given time. Um, And lots of lots of encouragement. And we've also linked people in with other health providers like occupational therapists or psychologists if they need extra support with specific activities as well. So really guided by what people's problems are because it varies so much in COVID-19 depending on the person. Well, at this uh, point along the track, Meredith, what are your hopes and fears for people getting their physical strength back after COVID? Our hope is that everyone who has had COVID-19 who has still got symptoms two months or more after their initial infection, that they're able to access some sort of rehabilitation support. Um, And we're quite worried that there's a portion of people that 
only had mild illness to begin with that are having symptoms even up to six months down the track for some of the people that I've been seeing. So we don't want those people avoiding exercise or avoiding returning to activities. We want to support people improving. It does require some help. It's hard to do this by yourself. You know, we're really aiming for those who are struggling at home to be able to speak up and get help if they need to. And Meredith King is a physiotherapist who's working with COVID-19 patients. She's the chair of the Australian Physiotherapy Association's Cardiorespiratory Group. And before her, I was speaking with Georgia Mooney, who's now some six months down the track from being diagnosed with coronavirus and still finding it a struggle to regain her health and fitness. It's a reminder for us all to stay cautious, yeah? The virus is still around. Sporty is produced by Damien Rabbit and I'm Amanda Smith. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.